1: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Before we kick off the Mavs off season with this week's episode, just wanted to thank you all so much for coming in and supporting us every single week. And I wanted to give a quick reminder to anyone who might be listening on Apple Podcasts. If y'all could just take maybe 10 seconds before you listen or even after the episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out and we really appreciate it. But And as always, be sure to contact either myself at Dalton underscore Trig, or our pod account at StepBackMavs on Twitter. If you have any questions regarding this upcoming free agency period or the draft or potential trades anything of that nature hit us up and it might be discussed on the pod thanks hi this is Donnie Nelson and you're listening to the Mavs like step back podcast I like this TK I like that yeah it's the Mavericks all up action don't do no acting no Samuel Jackson Dirk get the ball you know that it's magic post move deadly yeah it get tragic look with the ball yeah it get nasty he'll drop 30 don't gotta ask him back to Doncic. Benchich pulls up, three-pointer, bang, bang, it's good, Benchich wins the game, it's a buzzer. They just want to ring, want to fill the gap on your team head, ain't talking heads, dang, I relax, feel like the champs, defense still coming with the count flow, the Mavs, the best on the flow, I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the GOAT, this game Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and Dallas basketball on SI colleague, Matt Glatson. Matt, how you doing on this fine Thursday?
1: Uh, not too bad. Uh, had a late night last night, but I'm recovering and um, keeping up with my coffee and moving now, on. I don't,
0: I don't know <laughs> what was. I don't know what was wrong with me. Like, I mean, I just, I could not. I think I probably went to bed at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> just, for whatever reasons, I just, I just could not sleep. But. You know, we had the, the first game of the NBA Finals was last night. <clears throat> it was a blowout win for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Anthony Davis was incredible. Uh, LeBron, he did his normal LeBron thing. And uh, anything that could have gone wrong for the Miami Heat, like we <laughs> we thought the Mavs had injury, uh, bad injury luck in the first round. Man, that was horrible for the Heat. They, they lost Drogic uh at a bio and jimmy butler uh, i think he tweaked his ankle so <laughs> that was about as bad as it could have gone for the miami heat in game one it's, it's looking like it's going to be a sweep but you know we'll see it
1: was not ideal <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> oh i hated to see it for drogic man because he uh he had a he had a tear in his foot. I forgot the technical term that that Woj tweeted out, but it was an actual That's tear. It. Yeah, yeah. And I I googled the typical recovery time for something like that, and it's usually about twelve weeks. Uh, it's probably a little bit sooner than that for an NBA player, but uh, somebody had had tweeted out that Joe Johnson, you know, back when he played. For the Nets, that happened in the player. Uh, that happened in the playoffs, and uh, he got an injection and was able to play through it. But he just, you know, he was horrible when he came back. He just wasn't himself. So, <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not a good thing for our boy Drogic there.
1: No, but it's it's better than the alternative, I suppose. Uh, when you sent me the video, because I wasn't watching; I was at dinner. Um, <clears throat> when you sent me the video just like the way he was planting his foot and slow mo I was like oh god he tore his Achilles
0: yeah I mean, yeah waiting. non non contact wow. injuries are the worst
1: yeah. i was just waiting to see that like that uh that tendon just like recede into his calf and i was like god <laughs> please, don't do this to him. please don't do this to him but i mean yeah. it still sucks obviously but it's not nearly the same as you know it it could have been much worse based on like
0: the, the way, way – the style in which Drogic plays, like if it had been an Achilles, it, that's probably a career ender, so.
1: Yeah, just so. given his age and and all of that, so. But. It sucks, and the Heat are definitely going to lose the series now because <laughs> he's so important to their team. Um, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, just just from a neutral standpoint, like, you know, obviously – both of us, you know, we like this Heat team as far as how it's constructed, the players on the roster, and everything. But, uh, we're not necessarily rooting for either team. Uh, just from a neutral standpoint, that was just a, a big L for the entire NBA community because <laughs> watching that, it's like, okay, well, well this is going to be over in four, maybe five now.
1: Well, yeah, like ima- imagine the Mavericks are in a playoff series and they lose. Luca, KP, and, you know, I guess they don't really have a third guy. Tim anymore. Hardaway, Jr. Like, all three of those guys. Like, in, in, within in one game.
0: Just devastating.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Heat are, are more deal with it, I guess, because they still have Tyler Harrow. They still have – or Hero, however you say it. Right. And they still have, um, you know, a couple other players. But, man, that's brutal.
0: It is. It is. And, hey, I mean – as deep as the Heat are, I mean, as, as tough as they are, as gritty as they are, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll come back in game two and shock some people and, and steal the game there. But did, uh, you,
1: did you see what Adebayo's injury was? I didn't see what it was. I just heard he got some,
0: It was something to do with his shoulder because, like, he couldn't even raise his arm up that at worked. one point. So, well, it, was a, it was the foot for Drajic, the shoulder for Adebayo, and uh, Jimmy – butler turned his ankle pretty bad
1: yeah i saw the ankle and that looked That just like sh- sent shivers up my spine <laughs> I hate like,
0: oh. <laughs> ban ankles 2020
1: <laughs> yeah for real
0: but so there's that and then also we're gonna you know just kind of jump into our our third mailbag this offseason these have been super fun guys um uh, Uh, Y'all have sent us some amazing topics to talk about, uh, and we're going to do our third edition of that today. So, all right, Matt, so before we actually get into the real topics, I encourage people to ask me what I had for breakfast last Friday. And (laughs) this seems odd, but I mean, it was just so unique that I just had to put it out into the world here, but it was a breakfast hot dog. But, Matt, the hot dog was pineapple deer sausage.
1: <laughs> this, this seems like dinner. How is it breakfast? I,
0: I don't know, but it was. That's when I had it, and it was amazing. And have you, like, ever, have you ever heard of a pineapple deer sausage breakfast hot dog?
1: No, but I've also never heard of a breakfast hot dog, period that's true (laughs) like was there eggs involved
0: yes yes there was so i mean that i'm not gonna i'm I'm not gonna like harp on this i just felt like that was so unique that i what's the
1: what's the full what's the full spread of this breakfast hot dog sandwich thing
0: i mean that was pretty much it it was egg it was the sausage hot dog and it was you know a piece of bacon it was amazing. I felt horrible after I ate it, but I felt great while I was eating it.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way stuff like that usually goes.
0: But anyway, that, Preston is the one who pulled the trigger on that one and asked me. So thank you, Preston. I'm glad you let me get that out into the world. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Mailbag 3.0 for the Mavs offseason. We're going to start with Chris. Our guy Chris, he's been a long time uh, follower of the pod. He's one of our day one guys. He says, "Who do y'all predict will be gone next season?" Uh, Matt, I know it's probably the popular thing to say, Delon right because I think you know the majority of us believe he's going to be gone in in one way or another. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Tim Hardaway Jr because i've i've said that you know it feels like the mavs are going to do something big on draft night and if they do it's more than likely going to involve tim hardaway junior opting into his 18 19 million dollar player option and then them using that as a trade chip so that that's my that's my short answer on that i i'm going to go away from the delon right the easy pick and say tim hardaway junior what do you think
1: um I mean is there a reason we're going away from the easy pick?
0: That's just what I that's just what I was thinking about it. And I was like I could say Delon right, but I mean I really feel like if as many trade scenarios as I go through and I explore for the Mavs, it seems like every single one of them or the majority of them involves Tim Hardaway Jr. So
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's going to be
0: my predi- prediction there.
1: My other one uh, might hurt your heart a little bit, Dalton, but it's, oh, no. it's Justin Jackson.
0: Uh, well, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think – I honestly think all three of DeLon Wright, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Justin Jackson could be gone next season, and they might all be going to the same place.
0: Yeah, so, see, here's the thing. I, you know where I stand on it. I, I love Justin Jackson – I think he's a great dude he's a he's a friend of the pod he's come on here uh twice now but with that being said i don't know that i've been on the island for a while now <laughs> which I mean, might which might shock some people but i mean I, i'm just saying
1: <laughs> it is what it is it's not it's not a big deal one way or the other
0: yeah it, you know,
1: it's a business if he has to get moved, he has to get moved. Um, I like him a lot. He's he's a great dude. I just uh, – I could very easily see him being a part of some package that, that gets the Mavs involved in a trade in some way, um, either this offseason or um, – well, I mean, obviously this offseason, either during the draft or, like, a sign-and-trade in free agency or whatever.
0: Yeah, because, I mean – He's got one year left. Uh he's going to be making about 5 million dollars. And I mean he's got the he's got the size. He he's in theory, you know, on paper he's got the you know, the measurements and he's got the skill set that should enable him to succeed as an NBA role player, but you know, for whatever reasons it just hasn't clicked. And I mean that that just happens with some guys, so I've accepted it uh you know now now that I've accepted it watch watch him keep him and uh he explodes next year or something so <laughs> not that worried about it but anyway so thank you Chris for that <clears throat> we're going to move on to Bibbs question here and uh I've got it pulled up here Matt I don't know if you do but it says rank these shooting guards in order of preference next season contracts and all considered in this scenario, Tim Hardaway Jr. has opted in and says we could just do it like a top five of this list. But <clears throat> the players' bibs list, all right, Tim Hardaway Jr., Victor Oladipo, Buddy Heald, Gordon Hayward, Karis Levert. I said Chris, it's Karis Levert. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Evan Fournier, and DeMar DeRozan. Okay. So, if I'm doing a top five of that list – I'm just for the Mavs. I'm starting probably with Karis Lavert, even though I don't think he's I don't think he's gettable for the Mavs. In my opinion, I don't think they could. Because I mean, he was a borderline superstar for the Nets at at certain points during the season uh, with them severely shorthanded. handed uh, So I'd probably go Lavert one. I go Buddy Hield. Two, I'd go with Oladipo, three, even though I have concerns about his, uh, you know, his injury stuff and he's on an expiring contract. I'd go with Oladipo, third. Uh, I don't really – consider. I mean, I guess Dinwiddie's a shooting guard, but I don't really consider him a shooting guard for whatever – I feel like he's a, a, a – Poorly point- guard. Yeah, so I'm not going to – include him on this particular list but fourth I'd probably go with uh Gordon Hayward even though his contract is just outrageous he's gonna be making like 34 million next year (laughs) yeah and then uh I'd probably go with Evan Fournier over DeRozan uh for that fifth spot so I I mean I I think if you take into consideration size and overall skill set I think pretty much the majority of that list leaves Tim Hardaway Jr. last.
1: Yeah, I don't know why – no no offense to Bibbs or anything. I just – I don't know why Tim Hardaway Jr. is on a list with those other guys.
0: I guess he's probably trying to make a point, you know, like these are so many – here's so many different options that we could upgrade over Tim Hardaway Jr., which, I mean, if that's the point you were making, Bibbs, I, I definitely see it. Uh,
1: yeah, if that's the point, then it's like, yeah, let's go get one of these guys.
0: right. Because i think i the most gettable by trade is probably buddy healed uh the most gettable by free agency would probably be fournier I think he's an unrestricted free agent that that would be interesting
1: uh, yeah um my list is a little different, but not far off i would probably i would probably have Levert one buddy healed two um, I think DeRozan's in my top five somewhere i think it'd be i think mine would be. Levert, healed. who was your
0: third? Uh, my third was Oladipo.
1: Oladipo. Uh, so, I think mine would be Levert, uh, Buddy Healed, Hayward, Oladipo, DeRozan.
0: Let's see, I, I feel bad not putting DeRozan, you know, higher on the list. I just think – because, I mean, he he's a good – he's a good scorer overall. You know, he's got that mid-range – killer thing going and he's a good defender but I just think for the amount of money he's making I I don't think he spreads the floor as much as the Mavs would need him to you know to make make that big of a difference in my opinion that's why I'd rather have Buddy Heald who makes less he's got you know he's locked up longer he's uh not as old as DeRozan I don't know. I don't know. I I wouldn't be mad if they ended up with DeRozan. I'm just not sure that it, it works with, you know, the style of play that the Mavs are committed to now. So
1: Yeah, I just I've I've always really liked liked DeRozan. He intrigues me. He can score whenever he wants. Um it's just he scores differently than, you know, we're accustomed to, I guess.
0: And before Matt, before we move on to our next uh, mailbag question, I got to bring this up. So, this guy, I, he doesn't have a name on his account, but this random dude replied to our uh, post about last week's pod, and he said, Bulls fan here. Zach Levine would be superb on the Mavs. He can score on or off the ball. His defense isn't as bad as advertised, and he wouldn't be a locker room problem. Make us an offer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds like he really wants to get rid of him.
0: I mean, it does sound like that, but you know, I, I I like seeing that, you know. It's like, okay, he's a good player, but yeah, make us an offer. Let's let's see what we can do with this. I like that. I like that. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> All right. This one is from Gabriel. In a draft that's filled with possible good role players which the Mavs sorely need and considering the Mavs have scarce picks going forward wouldn't it be wise to maybe try drafting for once uh well yes in theory but no if if you take into into consideration the Mavs overall draft history uh, especially outside of the lottery you know because it's For whatever reason, it's just a fact. For the majority of the Mavs' years of existence, they are just not a good drafting team. And that's not to say that it couldn't change this year, but I would feel much more comfortable with them trying to package those picks and try to add a difference maker or two, you know. And yeah. That, that's just where I'm at. I mean, in theory, yeah. I mean, they, they should try uh, – he said maybe try drafting for once. Well, that's the thing. You know, they, they have tried drafting. <laughs> it's just
1: yeah. – I mean, it's
0: just not gone know, well.
1: You can count on one hand how many good draft picks this team has had in the last two decades.
0: Yeah. It's really like
1: bad. That, it's really bad. So, I don't trust them to draft – um yeah, I, mean, I was really like a guy. They really like a guy like they really like Dirk and they moved heavens and earth to get him. Yeah. They did the same thing with, with Luca. Um, but outside of that, they've never really drafted anyone with, with this current, you know, this current structure in place with with Donnie and Cuban and Carlisle. I know, you know, Dirk was obviously pre Carlisle, but they've never drafted um, outside of Luca, really, they've never drafted someone who's been more than like a good role player. And right. that's only happened like twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's really bad. I was talking with, uh, I was talking with our guy, Richard uh, Stamen the other day, y'all know him as Mavs draft on Twitter. We were talking about it a couple of weeks ago about just how horrible their drafting history is like just going down through the list of every time they've, <laughs> every time they've made a pick, and it's just it's crazy how much they've they've missed. Now they've had a couple of home runs, like you said, when they know exactly who they want. When Donnie identifies his guy, you know it, it's worked out pretty well. But that's only happened like twice. <laughs> so, uh, and and the Mavs aren't drafting that high either. You know, it was in the top ten. Uh, both times when when that happened so yeah I'd I just think uh Gabriel that if they do end up drafting I'll support it you know I, I never want to doubt Donnie or the the scouting department for the Mavs but like I said I, I would try and look around and see if there's a way to add a difference maker by packaging those picks so that's where I'm at on that yeah. uh moving on to Gregory's question here he says who would who would you say the ideal third star and co-star would be for the Mavs? Victor Oladipo, Drew Holiday, Rudy Gobert, someone else. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say definitely no on Rudy Gobert because I mean, we it's I I wrote about this on DallasBasketball.com yesterday. Uh basically it was it was say three reasons why the Mavs shouldn't consider Montrez Harrell. Uh and I mean, it was about Montrezl Harrell, but it was really about expensive centers overall, and how they're just—it's just not something they need. So if if it's a big man that can't shoot and he's got a big price tag on him, I just don't think he makes sense for the math. So that's a no on Gobert. Uh, if we're just consider if we're just comparing those two right there, Victor Oladipo and Drew Holiday, I'd take Drew Holiday in a heartbeat. I don't know about you, but.
1: Yeah, um, probably. That's probably the way I would go.
0: I mean, I just, I I think it's, I think it's it's a lot less of a risk. I think it's, you know, uh, both guys would be a a fit, but, you know, I I just think Holiday, he's a little bit bigger. Um, I think he's slightly more reliable as far as injury stuff goes, even though he's had some problems himself. that that's where I would go is Drew Holiday. But if we're talking ideal third star, just out of everybody, not named Giannis, it'd be Bradley Bill. And I've said this forever.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so
0: I don't even know that. like I said, we don't even know if that's even possible. The Wizards, they're super, super bullish on the idea of even considering trading Bill, but you have to think at some point, Bill's got to start thinking about his legacy, and uh, he may eventually want out of Washington. So,
1: yeah, uh, I I don't want Gobert either. Um, I don't know what everybody's fascination is with him, to be honest. It, it's, it's
0: I think I think yeah. what it is, Matt. I honestly think what it is is. Uh, it's kind of like recency bias because the Mavs, they didn't have Willie Colley Stein in the post season. Uh, Dwight Powell was injured. KP got injured, you know, and didn't play the rest of that series. So if you, if you just look at the playoffs, it's like, Oh man, they really do need another big man. But I mean, they really don't. They just need to be a little bit more fortunate with, <laughs> with health uh, going forward. So I mean, what they really need is wing depth. I mean, you look at the teams, and I wrote about this in that piece I, was, I mentioned earlier. You look at the teams that were in the conference finals, and you look at the two teams that are in the NBA finals right now. And, like, take the Miami Heat, for example, Matt. They're they're paying three centers on their team. The best one they've got that plays and starts, he's like their star, is Bam Adebayo, and he's making $3.5 million on a rookie contract. The other two are Kelly Olynyk and Myers Leonard, who both make 11 million each, and both of those guys hardly see the floor because <laughs> it's perfect. just that's just not the way you win in the playoffs anymore, you know. And yeah, the Lakers they're they're really big, you know. They've got Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard and uh JaVale McGee, but I mean. Yeah, look what they're being paid, though. You know, they've got 33 million tied up in those three players, and Anthony Davis makes 27 of that 33 million. <laughs> so uh, that that's where I'm at on that. I mean, yeah, if you want to add some some big guys to do the dirty work and everything, that's fine. I just I don't think you can pay them more than five million dollars a year, uh, given the NBA landscape. But anyway,
1: especially when you've already got KP sitting there.
0: Right. (laughs) All right, so we're moving on to Austin's question. Austin, I think he's contributed in every mailbag we've done. Good to have you back on this one. He said, put your GM hat on. What would be your perfect offseason for the Mavs? Based on that, what would the ideal Mavs starting five for next season be, and how would you arrive to that end result? Uh, Can I go first? Huh? Yeah, you go first.
1: Okay, <laughs> the ideal off season for me. Um, I mean, that's that's a very broad way to put it, but
0: I've already I, got my answer. So,
1: yeah, um, the first thing I would do is uh, get Bradley Beal in a trade for um, you know Tim Hardaway Jr. Whatever you know, Delon Wright and. Justin Jackson, whatever other piece, you know, first-round pick, whatever. Um, and then sign Goran Dragic to a, uh, a, a M L E or whatever, that minimum NLE. I don't care. Hey, don't, don't start that. Don't start that. Uh,
0: I don't know if we're doing that now, but anyway, go ahead.
1: <laughs> and then your ideal starting five is uh, – is Luca, Bradley Beal, uh, Dorian. Uh, you probably need to find another wing out there somewhere. Um, I'm not sure where that's coming from. But that's a great place to start. You get those two guys. Goron's your sixth man. And, uh, you know, KP's obviously at center. And hopefully Dwight Powell's back and, you know, where he needs to be. So your starting five is, is, is Luca, Bradley Beal, Dorian. Maybe Dwight and KP.
0: Well, here's here's the thing. I just excluding Giannis from anything because I, I, that's that's the pipe dream of all pipe dreams, and I don't want to go down that you know that rabbit hole right now. But I'm with you on the Bradley Bill thing. I think that would be you know ideal. And say say the Mavs make that work, and you know they're they're still in the same spot that they are now as far as uh as far as the uh, salary cap goes, if you do that and say you go out and offer the full MLE, which would be around $9 million, to Jay Crowder, who, you know, that would that would be a little bit of a raise for him. I think he's making around $7 million right now. And the MLE, I think it's a minimum of a three-year deal you have to give. You have to give a player for that. So, say you trade for Bradley Beal, And then you go out and sign Jay Crowder, too. And then you roll out a lineup of Luca, Bill. You can either put Jay Crowder or Dorian Finney-Smith at the three or the four. And then you have KP at the five. I think that's pretty versatile. What's that?
1: Forgot about Jay Crowder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think that'd be pretty versatile. That'd be pretty gritty. I mean, I – that that sounds like a, a title contending starting five, in my opinion. So that for me for this offseason, that would be my ideal scenario. So
1: Yeah, I completely forgot about Jay Crowder. <laughs> um, so yours he, is better than mine.
0: He hasn't been as good as he was earlier in the playoffs, but I mean, that's probably a good thing for teams who want to pursue him <laughs> and hope he doesn't break the bank. And who knows, maybe maybe the MLE wouldn't be enough to, you know, to sign him. But uh, you could always do some kind of salary dump trade with, you know, Justin Jackson or somebody else and cool. create a little bit extra room.
1: The MLE is, is – if, you know, a lot of times players like him will have an awesome playoffs like he's done and he'll earn himself some money. So the M- – the MLE is probably not going to be enough. Um,
0: the thing about that is, and most sure. people don't realize it, and I was I was made aware of it the last time we spoke about it. But the MLE, there is a thing in there to where it has to be a minimum of, of three years. So, yeah,
1: I don't know. He might have made himself some money this offseason because you know people people see the kind of value he can bring in the playoffs. So um, it might be a little tougher, but I would love to have him on the team. That's a that's a very you're right. That's very tough, you know, tough starting lineup really on both sides.
0: So uh, very very switchable. I mean, you can you've got Luca on the front. I mean, he's not a great defender, but he's we saw flashes of what he could do with just his you know sheer size in the in the postseason. And you know he's probably going to get better going forward. So you've got him at, at your point guard, and then you've got three guys in the middle who are switchable wing defenders, and they can all hit threes. And then you've got KP. You've got a unicorn at center that can block shot and hit threes. That just that just sounds like a recipe for success. So.
1: And then coming off of a, a plantar fascia injury, you can sign Goron to the uh, the vet minimum, and, right? And have <laughs> And have him and uh, and Dwight, you know, and 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 Brunson and those guys coming off the and Seth coming off the bench as your second unit. I mean, that's not that's not too bad.
0: That'd be a pretty deep team. I'd I'd be very interested in seeing that go down.
1: Yeah, (laughs) It'd it'd be fun. That's for sure. My my only thing is I I don't want people because Drogic got hurt in the in the finals. To be like, oh well, he's old and he's injured and he's not going to be good because that's the same shit they were saying last season. Yeah, and well, I
0: mean, look, it's it's one thing, it's one thing if you have Drogic being your leading scorer in the postseason, like that's how it's been with the with the Miami Heat. It's another thing if you have him in a lesser role, you know, running your offense off the bench, your second unit and he doesn't have that much burden on him. You know, he's less likely to experience a disappointing injury like what, he, what we saw in game one if he's in a lesser role. So I think that's what people need to consider.
1: Right. And it's, you know, it's the Chris Paul thing. Because, you know, when Chris Paul was, was with the, the Rockets, um, they were running him into the ground. Yeah. He got hurt, and the Heat had been running Drogic into the ground. I mean, he's probably not playing the same amount of minutes that Chris Paul is playing, but he's he's still – you know, he's got some miles on that body, so he, he, he needs a little bit more rest than, than Luca does. Yeah. So, um, that would be ideal to get – you know, that, that takes you from seven seed to, to two or three seed in a heartbeat, in my yeah. opinion.
0: And, I mean, look, the – you know, there were rumors – uh, this past week that uh, Victor Oladipo and uh, Miles Turner, they, they might be wanting to get out of Indiana. And then so, obviously, uh, people start connecting, you know, the Mav- should the Mavs want in. And we wrote about it at Dasket- DallasBasketball.com and all that. But, I mean, yeah, that, something like that would, would improve the team. But, you know, it, it's just – it's not an ideal – scenario. Like as soon as I see something about Bradley Bill get leaked out as we get closer to the draft, which is on November eighteenth, like that's when I'll start, you know, really listening to some of this stuff. Cause that's what I'm looking at. I I really think we're gonna see something uh, pretty big for the Mavs on draft night. I just I don't see them keeping those picks. I think they'll be proactive, you know, they'll be aggressive because they know they have to take advantage of having an all NBA first team player, uh, a player that was top four in MVP voting, and he's got two more seasons left on a rookie contract. They've got, they, I mean, they, they, they have to take advantage of that. Yeah. So I fully expect them to be super aggressive this off season. Complete yeah. 180 from what they were last off season.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree.
0: All right, next one. This is from Say, well, if I, if I butcher your name, I'm so sorry, but I, I, I want to say it's Say, but if I'm wrong, yell at me on Twitter. Uh, anyway, he says, how could the Mavs free up money to sign Jeremy Grant? Uh, well, I mean, you can go about this a couple of ways. Is the MLE an option for Grant? Probably not. Uh, as well as he played in the in the playoffs and the Western Conference finals against the Lakers, I'm pretty sure he's going to make more than nine million dollars a year. He'll probably be in that uh, probably fifteen million a year range. So you'd probably have to do a sign and trade with the Nuggets or you'd have to just find a way to free up cap space by you know offloading. Delon Wright and Justin Jackson and, uh, you know, make some separate moves like that to free up space to where you can just sign him out right. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty straightforward one on that. I, I love Jeremy Grant. I think he'd be an excellent fit with the Mavs, same as, uh, you know, Jay Crowder. I kind of like the idea of adding Crowder just because, one, he's been there before. And two, he's he's a seasoned veteran now with, you know, a ton of playoff experience. And I think he'd be cheaper. But, you know, I would not complain at all if the Mavs end up with uh with Jeremy Grant. But anyway, he goes on and says, uh, how Powell fits on the team with KP. Oh, he's asking how Dwight Powell fits on the team with KP staying at the five. That is uh that's an interesting question. Two, because you know the Mavs, they didn't skip a beat when Powell went out. There were times where they missed his uh his vertical spacing, I guess, but I, mean, I don't KP, think
1: that's true.
0: KP, KP moving to the five that just completely unlocked, <laughs> completely unlocked all of his powers. Because from I, I went and looked last night, Matt, but from the end of January, from January 31st through the end of the season, KP averaged 27 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, and two blocks per game while shooting 47% from the field, 37% from three, and 85% from, from the free throw line. I mean, that's that's all NBA-level production. Yeah. Uh, and if, if he can just stay – that's the biggest question with KP – if he can stay healthy and they keep him at the five, next year is going to be incredibly fun because he spent the first half of this past season just getting his, you know, his legs back under him, getting used to the game again, hadn't played in like two years. What we saw from the end of January through the end of the season, and then in the bubble, he made the all all bubble first team uh, with how he even took it up to another level in the bubble. but. What we saw from him during that time frame is, I think, what's going to be the norm for k p going forward, so yeah, I, I don't know so
1: I don't that, think, I don't think it's fair to say that they didn't skip a beat after they lost Powell because there was definitely plenty of plenty of time when they needed him. i mean he it's, it, it, everyone knows if you follow me on Twitter how I feel about Dwight Powell. Sometimes he frustrates the hell out of me, but when he's on the floor, they're more efficient than when he's not on the floor. And that's a fact. Um,
0: well, here's the so. thing, man. I don't mean to cut y'all. I'm just saying, I bet I pretty much just meant that from a starting lineup standpoint, because right. we know yeah. how well Powell plays alongside Maxi Kleber, Kleber. Yeah. So, so that,
1: that's kind of where I was going with this. Um, I don't know if he's a starter or not. I in today's NBA, like I mean, obviously when you know when I was talking a few minutes ago, I said he would be in the starting lineup. Um, but I think I think the way they should approach it is is having him you know having him come off of the bench as your reserve big because I mean just look look at what we were dealing with in the playoffs. As much as I love Boban, I think it would would have been ideal. To have Dwight in a lot of those scenarios, you know, trying to match up with Montrez or you know trying to match up with you know someone else, it's he's more equipped to deal with that. And I think him, you know, as as KP's backup and you know going into spell KP would be would be very uh, very advantageous for the Mavs because I think they could take yeah. a lot of advantage. It could be a lot like you know if he develops a relationship with. uh with Jalen Brunson or, you know, or someone like that, like he had with JJ where, you know, they had those sick, you know, cut passes and, and all that. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. A ton of chemistry there.
1: Yeah. If he can develop that with someone like Jalen, then, uh, that's, that's something that's, that would be invaluable coming off the bench. Um, uh, so I think that's probably where he fits in next year. Um, but we'll just have to see how the offseason acquisitions go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just – I think KP played so well at the five, and Dwight Powell is is definitely a five. I I don't think you can move KP back to the four just to get Powell back into the starting lineup. Now, you know, you never know with the Mavs. They might do it, but I just – I don't think that's the move. I think think you definitely keep KP at the five. You keep uh, Dorian at the four. Uh, unless you get a guy like we mentioned before Jay Crowder you can switch those two between the three and the four Uh, and then you bring Powell off the bench with uh, Maxi Kleba who you know you remember back when (laughs) they were killing it together off the bench it was the it was like the most efficient uh, bench duo in the league at one point but uh, back when they had Devin Harris too which you know Missed that guy from a <laughs> from a, a team chemistry standpoint, but it it was time for him to go. But anyway. <clears throat> so that's where we're at on Powell. Uh moving on. I'm just gonna mention we're not gonna talk about this since we already basically discussed it, but I did want to mention Caden. He he came in here and asked, uh, do you think we trade both picks, keep one or use both? I genuinely genuinely think we could go in any direction with them. I agree with that. We could I mean, you know, could go any direction with it. Uh, But like we discussed earlier, we pretty much expect those picks to get dealt. I mean, I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be surprised if if they end up using those picks. But, all right, moving on, Matt. This is a more lighthearted one here from uh, – band r-e-j-x anyway <laughs> it says how many rings do the mavs get in the next 10 years if we sign Giannis? why not more than 10 and then he calls us pe- pessimists for not saying more than 10 in 10 years but
1: <laughs> in the- not one not two <laughs> not three <laughs> not four i mean i don't know it's
0: in all seriousness, in all seriousness, if I'm going to give a – okay, if the Mavs sign Giannis, I think you have a guaranteed minimum of two. And I think that's being, you know – I think that's being pretty level-headed about it. But I, I think it'll – it it, I think it guarantees you at least two.
1: I think it guarantees you at least two. It's probably three depending on what happens with uh, with uh some of these other teams. I mean um, – we thought – a lot of us thought that the Clippers were going to make it to the – you know, make it to the finals, and they didn't.
0: This doesn't know. happen sometimes.
1: So, you never know what might happen. Every, I think everybody's kind of forgetting that the Warriors are coming back. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, look, the Warriors are going to be good. They're going to take a playoff spot. But I just don't expect them to be the same dominant – Warriors team that we've been used to and I think they know that too you know they've talked about how they're going to have to build this thing build this thing up again uh so I mean they they know that it's not going to be you know just a, a walk in the park coming back from all those injuries and you know losing KD and you don't have Andre Iguodala anymore uh so I mean, that right. I, I, think, I think it's going to be harder for them next year. I think they definitely make the playoffs if they stay healthy, but, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, but my thing they... is, is, is that a team that – it's, it's going to make the West a lot harder no matter which yeah. way you sign it because they're still going to be a good team. So, let me ask you this. If you're the Mavericks and let's say – let's say Lakers get one seed, um, Clippers get two seed, Nuggets get three seed, or however it works out, Mavericks are four. Do you really want to face the Golden State Warriors in the 4-5 matchup? I don't think you do.
0: I mean, definitely not because you have (laughs) (laughs) – just just because of the experience factor there, but –
1: what I'm saying. Like, uh, they they may not be what they were with KD, but they are going to be super dangerous and they are going to make things way harder.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Not
1: having them in the playoffs was – very strange
0: i'm glad you mentioned that west top four by the way because that's exactly how i see next season playing out with possibly the mavs being three instead of four
1: well and the whole thing about the clippers too is is you know obviously doc's not going to be there next year so we don't know what's going to happen there um dan not with the rockets so we don't know what's going to happen there and uh it,
0: Man, I I think Houston, I think Houston's about to blow it up. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I, I it just it it kind of feels like they have just they've just been kind of running out of ground ball <laughs> with with this style of play. And I mean, even if you change the coach, I mean, sure, maybe you know, Dan Tony. That's the thing, you know, Dan Tony is the one that left. He didn't get fired. He decided to leave. So that's when you know it's bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, and
0: uh, I, I just feel like they're about to blow that thing up. But anyway,
1: the team made a bunch of bad moves, like all in a row, and then they tried to cover up one bad move with an even worse move, and it it's just blown up in their face. Yeah. It's really a shame, you know. It's the CP really-
0: thing, the the CP three thing, is is really embarrassing for them because it's like, yeah, like why couldn't James Harden and Chris Paul get along? enough you know to stay together and potentially win a title because they they should have won the title back in a was it 20 it was 2018 i believe when they uh when they were up 3-2 on the warriors in the western conference finals and they that was the game where they 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 were trying to close out the warriors and they missed like 27 straight threes or something <laughs> something yeah. ridiculous I- like that and CP3 got injured.
1: I was cheering for the Rockets in that series, but, man, that was hilarious to watch. Like, absolutely hilarious. I, 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 I hate the Rockets.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, once it happened, it was just like, well, I mean, you, you can't help but <laughs> not like it as a rival of that team. But, I mean, they definitely should have won or at least gotten to the finals that year. And it just, for whatever reasons, they just couldn't make it work. And now they just look like a team that's at the end of of its road. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I I think they'll trade Westbrook if they can. I wouldn't be shocked if they traded Harden at this point, to be honest. So, we'll just have to see.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if Harden tries to find his way back to uh, D'Antoni.
0: I mean I could see that. We'll see where uh we'll see where uh, Dan Tony ends up. You know, if he ends up in uh Indiana, that might be that might be a team to watch out for cuz if Ola Depot and Turner are wanting out, I have to look at the the trade machine, but I think that would match up pretty well with Harden <laughs> salary-wise, so you know.
1: Cause I mean, it seems like, it seems like that's, you know, when a guy like when a guy finds his coach and he, I mean, he he follows him everywhere. um, It's like the Belichick and Brady thing. I know, you know, Brady just left, but it's like, it's that kind of thing where it's like, they're so um, synonymous with each other at this point that I don't think, I don't think there's any way that they don't, you know, play together.
0: All right, well, moving on, we got our last one here. This is Christian. Uh, he said almost every offseason is about external targets, free agency, draft, trades. Is there anyone internally you're excited about next season, either seeing more of or continued development? Uh, yes, uh, I'm I'm interested in one of the two-way guys, obviously, Josh Reeves. He, he showed some flashes uh, during the, you know, the bubble games when he got to play uh i'm interested in seeing his further development because i think he really could be a useful role player for the mavs going forward Uh, as far as the other guys on the team i mean everybody was was so good shooting the ball dorian finney smith maxi kleba uh tim hardaway jr you know they they all shot the three ball so well uh, this past season that it's really hard to expect them to do better next season. If anything, you almost expect them to regress slightly uh, because they shot the ball so well. But um, I'm looking forward to Jalen Brunson's third season, assuming he doesn't get dealt anywhere because, you know, he's had his moments as a backup point guard. He's really good as a starter. You know, he's kind of crumbled a little bit. But, you know, as a backup guard, he's shown that he's more than capable of taking on that role, and he's been really good at it. And I'm I'm interested in seeing how he further develops going into his third season when he comes back from that uh that shoulder injury. So that's where I'm at. Matt?
1: Yeah, uh, Brunson is mine. Um, I want to see where he goes. Uh, we all got a little frustrated with him at points last year, but, you know, he was the yeah. second-year player, and it's like – um, it, I hate the people that that assume a guy is done developing and has no room to grow after, like, his rookie or second season because, I mean, that that's that happens with NFL, that happens with – it's like when you're drafting, like, you hear people talking about the NFL draft and they're like, oh, well, uh, you know, he can't do this and he can't do that. He's not strong enough to do this. It's like, dude, he's 21 and he's an athlete. He can grow into it. Right. And I think I think uh, I think Brunson has a lot of stuff that he needs to work out as far as his game goes, but he's got he's got the right the right tools I think for, for what the Mavericks want him to do, and I want to see this the next step he can take because if he can take the next step that I think he's capable of taking, then he can be very a very important uh, part of the rotation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. You, you know, you look at uh you look at Kawhi Leonard, for example, and obviously I, I'm not saying that Brunson is anywhere near I'm just talking about like from a delayed uh development standpoint, you know, Kawhi averaged eight points per game as a rookie. He averaged twelve points per game in year two and in year three. And then, you know, it wasn't really until uh year four when he really started to take that next leap. And uh, as far as his overall production, so I mean, you you got to give guys time. Not ev- not everybody is going to be like Luca and come in from day one and be a a megastar. So, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. very interested in seeing how like, Brunson does.
1: Like, look at Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. Everybody was oh, yeah, yeah, crashing <laughs> him coming into the draft. Like, oh my God, the Bills are so stupid. He's so inaccurate. Bro. Look at what he's doing right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's been amazing. Like, there's a reason
1: that we're sitting in chairs talking about this and the people who are scouts making the picks and, and doing those things and projecting the future of these players are doing that job. Like, we know stuff, but they they really know stuff. So if they see traits in somebody that they like, they're going to pick him because they think he can turn into something. And I think Brunson, he was ready to come into the NBA as a rookie for sure, but I think they also – Projected something, some traits for him that he's going to either develop or improve, and that's you know that's really why they drafted him because they think three, four, five years into his career he can be something special.
0: Well, and it's not just his skill set; it's you know, like you mentioned, they they pinpoint traits in these guys, and you know he was a he was a big part of that Villanova championship team. And, you know, he's shown that he can perform in big moments. So, that's another thing they look at. He didn't get a chance to show that this year because of the unfortunate shoulder injury. But, you know, hopefully he'll get to show that next year. So, I'm excited about it. Uh, So, that look, guys, that's going to do it for this week's mailbag. And, Matt, just to touch on one football point, because you mentioned Josh Allen, y'all need to get off of Dak. It's not Dak's fault.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Dak, Dak is amazing, and it is not Dak's fault that the Cowboys are just a dumpster fire right now. So,
1: look, <laughs> w- w- let me talk about this for a second. Um, if you've watched these Cowboys games, I mean, I, I, I'm, it's well documented that I'm not Dak's biggest fan. Like, yeah. look at my Twitter. I think everybody knows it. Um, if you're watching this team and you think Dak is the problem, not not watch football because you have no idea what's happening in front of you like he has both of his starting tackles have been out the last two weeks he didn't have a training camp he's got an atrocious defense on the other side of the ball like the dude is putting up historic numbers he he's got like a thousand yards passing in the last two weeks like
0: yeah he's been amazing it's
1: it's not his fault. It's it's injuries, it's the defense, and the special teams was atrocious against Seattle. So it's like I I know this isn't a Cowboys podcast, but like, and I'm gonna (laughs) get off my soapbox, but like, (laughs) y'all need to stop. Like, please stop.
0: And And then when you
1: isn't Garrett like stop.
0: And then when you take all of those issues and combine it with the fact that you have probably one of the most stubborn front offices in the entire NFL, it it you know. It it doesn't make it any better. But anyway. <laughs> so guys, look, that's gonna do it for another episode of the Mav Step Back podcast. We really appreciate it when you guys come on here every single week. Last week's episode was a record breaker for us. Most listened to episode in our podcast history. It was it was unreal. Like it, it's still going up. I mean, I either y'all really like Montrezl Harrell and Zach Levine or you know i don't i don't know what's going on but i like it i like it matt
1: <laughs> yeah let's keep it going guys we're uh we're still growing and year, what is this year two
0: yeah yeah almost two it'll be two years on new year's
1: so we're uh we're very excited about it um we haven't had a big guest in a while since cuban but
0: it's coming i've got some stuff in the works i'm not gonna spoil it but you know yeah it's coming but look guys we appreciate it if you're listening on apple podcasts i've been you know plugging this a lot but just take a couple seconds and go on there and leave us a review really helps us out i think we're up to like 100 reviews on there now uh it's just it, it takes a little bit of time and uh, we've even had we've even had people go on there and leave us questions that we answer on the pod, too. So, I mean, if you want to do that, definitely feel free to do that. Uh, but, yeah, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. Tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. And y'all have a great rest of the week. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see y'all next week. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of chains. These days, I'm about my chips like a bag of legs. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same. How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar. I'm to stay patient because I know God promised me a lot. Of. Looked up the dirt and in MJ instead of blue collar. Excited at the idea of being a true baller. Riding in the bins of copper and pile. Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler. It's how we
1: think it like Sugar Ray Leonard.